0: Meeting is being recorded. Oh my god, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to season two, episode 15 of the yellow card podcast, presented to you by studentunionsports.com. Make sure that you check out studentunionsports.com, check out all the independent content coming from our college writers, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, make sure that, you, that you're checking out all the content, whether it's soccer, whether it's baseball. Football, basketball, whatever it is, they got it for you. College Hoops coming out very soon. March Madness coming out very soon. Make sure that you stay in touch with studentunionsports.com and make sure that you check out all the blogs. Free of subscription. No subscriptions needed. So that's even better. Um, make sure you check them out. Shout out to Liam Smith. How you doing, baby? Um, we got a lot to talk about this week. We got Premier League, we got Champions League. Um poking his head out of the turtle shell, coming right out again. Um, got a lot of controversy happening in the Premier League, as well as a new club is looking for a manager, and we got some turmoil happening in the in the league. Uh, I don't know who Jones is talking to, but I could care less. Um, anyways, let's turn it over to Jones, I guess. He's got a lot to say,
1: clearly. Sorry, I'm getting distracted. I got Brittany Matthews telling me this meeting is being recorded. I, I understand. It's it's what's going on here. And then something about the trash, which I already know about, so it's fine.
0: Oh my god, Brittany Matthews he says. She's as irrelevant to, to this podcast as any game refereed by your favorite referee in the world. He's blackballed. He ain't repping no more. I know, I know. Um, But let me turn it over to you cuz we got a lot to talk about here. What do you want to what do you want to start with? Do you want to start with Champions League, Premier League? Do we want to get started with what's going on in the Premier League world? As we know one of the clubs is in serious turmoil and the other one is looking for new management. What do we want to do? Um
1: I think we should dive right into our predictions actually.
0: Sure, let's do it.
1: All right. Um so Diego has the updated records because um
0: my notebook has gone missing. Yeah, no, no problem. So this was a tough week for the boys. Uh, not a winning record for either one of us. Um, some good calls. I, like, you know, give a round of applause to Mr. Jones. for calling the draw fair right on the, on the dot between Chelsea and, and Fulham. 1-1 draw. Um, also, the one nothing Tottenham victory over Manchester City. That was excellent excellent uh, victory to be called. I gave him 1-1 draw. So I gave him a little bit, two more Um too much credit there. Um, But overall, the boys are yeah. sitting right now at 108 and 94 for myself. Ian Jones at 98 and 105. <laughs> He's done it. He's back.
1: Chris Cavanaugh is repping this weekend.
0: He's oh my back. God. Dude, your transitions for this episode are god awful. Why? We were just talking about Chris Kavanaugh. Uh, yeah, but you brought it back. I don't know why you would bring that record back. Because I was looking. I was looking to see who's wrapping what game this weekend. Because oh, that gosh. has a lot to do now with who I'm picking, being strategic. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Anyways, um, so 108 and 94 for myself. Jones at 98 and 105. Let's get the record started for the Premier League, and let's start with West Ham taking on Chelsea. What are you calling for that one? <clears throat> This one's tough. So I'm looking at who's reffing these, reffing the
1: games now because you know it's just me. Um, no, it's because of your crush,
0: to Chris Gavin. Let's oh, just call it. zero crush. Zero
1: Spanish. crush. That man. That man has lost me tons of, tons of, monies. Gambling. So, He's got you going back to back. He can go. He can go to heck for all I can. All right. So we have Chelsea, who is, at West Ham, correct? Yep. We're back on the Chelsea way, 3-3 three, three and 5. They haven't been good. West Ham at home, 4-1 and 5. <clears throat> West Ham trying to avoid relegation. Chelsea trying to stay afloat. I think Chelsea looks ahead because they have a, a date with uh, Borussia Dortmund on Wednesday, next Wednesday. So I'm going to say West Ham sneaks one nothing.
0: All right. I'm going to call this one a 1-1 draw. The past five games between these two clubs, Chelsea has been dominant, but Chelsea has also been under some other management that we have seen where the the attacking game is there in this current scheme of things. There is zero attack. You got good contending in, in the midfield, but other than that, there's nothing else going on. Nothing special to this team just yet. I think Grand Potter is still cooking up the recipe. We just don't know what the recipe will finally end up looking like. A lot of investments made by Chelsea, which some risky investments, which we talked about in, in the previous episode. Um, I think for this, for the sake of this game, uh, with not a lot of variety in either two teams, I'm calling it a one-one draw. Okay. All right. Let's move over to Fulham versus Nottingham Forest. It is a Fulham. Um, what are you calling there? It's not what I not what I have my stat for. Um,
1: it's at Fulham, Fulham a better team at home than they've been on the road this year. Nottingham Forest is slowly creeping their way back up to the table. Um, but they stink away from home. Uh, I'm gonna go Fulham two nothing.
0: All right, and I'm gonna go two to one Fulham. I agree with majority of what Chris said. I just think Fulham at this point right now is a much better team, much more organized as well. Um, two to one Fulham.
1: Diego caught me off guard. I was ready for Arsenal Brentford, but he just decided to
0: go rogue. <laughs> well, I'm gonna keep going rogue. And I'm going to go over with Leicester taking on Tottenham. It is at uh, King Power Stadium. What are we looking at?
1: One of the big things, and this is going to be an issue uh, moving Mm -hmm. forward, but Hugo Lloris is out for the next six to eight weeks. Yep. Yep. So the only other goaltender that's played in Premier League action this season has been Forrester. And I don't know about you, but I don't feel confident enough in him. Uh, Leicester, King Power, we've talked about in the past, being a tough place to play, not so much this year. Um, I'm actually going to go ready for this. Ready for this. One-one draw. Okay.
0: Um, I still don't believe that Leicester has what it takes to take on Tottenham just yet. Uh, looking at the standings, it tells you that same exact story. Leicester currently sitting at fourteen. Tottenham sitting at fifth. Um, Tottenham coming off of a three and two record so far in the past five games, while Leicester City coming out of a one one and three. Um, looking at Leicester City's production right now, minus the fact of you know Hugo Lloris not being available in the net for Leicester City for Tottenham, um, there's still a lot for this Leicester City team to prove. Um uh, I believe that Tottenham squeaks one out here at King Power. Uh it also been a fix up for Leicester. The past five games that they faced Tottenham, they've gone four and one. Um, uh, I'm gonna go with one-nothing Tottenham here. Okay. Right. let's move over to Arsenal taking on Brentford. Um, it is at <clears throat> sorry, it is at um it is at the Emirates Stadium. What do we got? So this is where I need it. So
1: Peter Banks is reffing this weekend. Um, Arsenal is sitting at four zero and two in six games that uh, he has refed for them, and Brentford actually a little bit uh, of a worse record, I believe. Um, six five and four in fifteen games that he's refed for them. I'm gonna go Arsenal at home. I'm gonna go uh, two to one.
0: Um, I'm gonna go in the draw side of things here with a one-one draw, and for the following two things, Arsenal's last five-game streak has been three and two. They've taken two back-to-back losses: one to Everton, which Everton took them by surprise there, and one to Manchester City in the FA Cup. Um, uh, looking at Brentford, on the other hand, they've got three, one, and one much better record than, than Arsenal right now, just by a point. Um, but when you look at Brentford, how they do against top six teams like Arsenal. Liverpool, Manchester United, Manchester City, so on and so forth. Brentford has always been the surprise. Uh, I think they continue to be the surprise here. I think they organized their train of thought, basically surrounding the outcome from Everton's game against Arsenal. Uh, I'm going with a 1-1 draw here. Let's go over to Crystal Palace, taking on Brighton. What are you thinking?
1: <sighs> Michael Oliver? hates both of these games. <laughs>
0: Yep. Uh, Crystal
1: Palace in 29 Premier League games is 9 2 and 18 uh, with Michael Oliver as the referee. And Brighton in 10 is 2 4 and 4. Leads me to believe there's going to be a lot of decisions. However, Crystal Palace 1 of them.
0: Um, I'm looking at the stats for, for this game. Not favorable for Brighton. However, not favorable to Crystal Palace to take on a team like this, especially coming off of very difficult games that they've had the past few weeks against teams that have really challenged their stamina and their mm-hmm. physique. Um, with that reason, even though I know it is a Selhurst Spark, and I know Selhurst Park has become a very prolific stadium recently to play at, I'm going in the favor of Brighton simply because of their youth and their stamina, and I'm going 2-0 Brighton. Um, Let's go over to to St. Mary's Stadium where Southampton will be taking on Wolves. What are your train of thoughts there?
1: Wolves coming off a big win over uh, Liverpool this past week. Southampton coming off an embarrassing 3-0 loss. Yep. So Tampa's won one out of the last five. They've only got points and one out of their last five. I think nil-nil draw.
0: All right. I think the trend continues to uh for wolves in their favor. I think what uh Beggies starting to do with Wolves started to work in his favor, starting to show some some results there little by little. Uh, a lot has to be done in the, summer, in the summer transfer window for them anyways. And we know that Julian Peggy will get there. Uh, it is, however, Southampton, a team that's still in transition and has yet to find its bearings. So I'm going one nothing Wolves. Uh, let's go over to Bournemouth, where they will be taking on Newcastle. What are your thoughts there? But if I remember
1: correctly, Newcastle kind of struggling on the road. However, they've only lost one road game, but they've drawn in five. So they're 4-5-1 and one in those matchups. Bournemouth is 3-3-4 three, three, and four at home. They're a tough team. I think if you're Newcastle, you got to sit there and look and say, hey, we're three points back at United. With a game at hand, we have to take advantage here. I think they're not going to give up a goal. And I think they score one. I think they win one nothing.
0: I'm going to go in a different route here. Um, Bournemouth, it's been difficult for Bournemouth. The last five matches, obviously four losses and a draw. Um, Every time that they have played against Newcastle, it's either a win or a draw. But Bournemouth has yet to win one game in the last five matches against uh, Newcastle. However, for Newcastle, they are currently on a long, unbeaten streak. They have sixteen league games where they have been a beaten, winning nine and drawing seven. Um, they have yet to concede. You know the Mac the Macpies have yet to concede uh, the first goal in any of the last fourteen games as well. Um, Bournemouth, however, was the last team to score on them. Um, uh, back in September, seeing that this is back home for Bournemouth and seeing that. Um, I believe a wise man once said that all errors come to an end. I'm going to use that here and I'm going to go with a one nothing victory for Bournemouth. Okay. Let's go over on the rematch of the week, which is Leeds United at home at Ellen Road taking on Manchester United. A game ended 2-2 today with a Manchester United comeback. What are we thinking, however, for Sunday?
1: Bounce back, spot for sure. I think definitely not having Casemiro hurts United's midfield a ton, uh, as we saw today. Yeah, I think United squeaks one at Allen. I'm gonna go
0: two to one. Two to one for United. Um, I think we saw some great positive strides here for United today after that comeback. We saw Jaden Sancho, who clearly seems to be back in form. Um, so far, two games has shown two very good performances so far. Ten Hag is very pleased with what he's seen out of uh, the youngster who uh, went overseas for, uh, you know, for a better performance to get back in, in in fitness and all that stuff. We saw him score today. So I don't believe that Garnacho will have that much of an effect on the United uh, forefront. I do think Sancho, on the other hand, is going to get a lot of playing minutes now. Uh, I think that then Hag situation is gonna start to come to fruition where he wishes for for Anthony and Sancho to be on the on the sides and maybe Marcus Rashford to become the all-time striker for them. Um, I'm gonna go with a 2-0 victory here for United. Uh after a, a great comeback and a Leeds team that has yet to find its manager. Um, I think this is a perfect opportunity for them to bounce back and, and, and strike. Yeah. Uh, let's go over to Manchester City, who will be taking on Aston Villa. This is the first time in a very long time since um, Pep Guardiola and Unai Emery have gone face-to-face. It's the first time in a while where two uh, Spanish-origin uh, coaches are facing each other as well. So what are we thinking here? I mean, of course, that, that, that's that been since last week since Manchester City and Arsenal faced each other as well. I forget that Mikel Arteta is also Spanish. so.
1: I understood where you were coming from.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I forgot, uh, last I forgot team, that last game. So
1: <laughs> Last time last these two teams met, it was a 1-1 draw. I'm getting the same vibes here. I think we'll dive into it a little bit more, but there's a lot of distractions happening currently at Manchester City. I don't think they're 100% involved. I think Aston Villa is going to jump out early, get it on top, and City comes away with a point. I'm going to go 1-1. Also, because draw because – Chris Cavanaugh
0: is the fourth official in that matchup. <laughs> I knew sooner or eventually that name was going to come up here. I like it. So you saying a 1-1 draw? Yep. All right. Um, I believe this is the opportunity that Manchester City has been looking for all year long to get closer and closer and closer to Arsenal and close the gap. There's a five-point gap between Arsenal and Manchester City for that first place. Arsenal slipped and fell. And lost against um, lost against Everton. It's not getting any easier for them, considering that the matches that they have coming up are, are, are against very strong teams that they can take on them. Um, I think this is a perfect opportunity for Manchester City to bounce back. I'm going three nothing City.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, let's go over to the Merseyside Derby, where Liverpool and Everton meet up. New management for Everton, Sean Dicci not going away very easily. Um, fighting for, fighting for his place, and I mean he did that with Burnley. One of the reasons why Burnley was a pest in the Premier League to deal with. Uh, yeah. What what are we thinking here? It, it, it seems like a struggle for Dragon club lately too. It's been very difficult um, to to see Liverpool fall fall that hard.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, Cody Gapko. Probably should have waited on it. Uh, He hasn't panned out much for this club. Um, Team's still a little banged up. Hopefully, we get a little healthier down the stretch. But uh, it's side. It's always a tough one against Everton, Yeah, especially these last couple years. Uh, With DJ at the realm, I don't expect it to be any easier. I'm actually going to go nil-nil. Wow. I don't think there's
0: going to be a goal scored in this game. 0-0 draw. That's that's a realistic uh, score. I do think, however, the media has been so focused on the Cody Gakpo signing, and rightfully so, a lot of money spent, a lot of effort made yeah, for a signing that was highly hyped up for the generated transfer window, one of the biggest names for the generated transfer window. Uh, it, it seems like it hasn't capitalized yet. I think this is the perfect opportunity to do so, where there is a team with a new management where – that management has yet to figure out the defense of it. Everton, while they capitalized on getting the one nothing victory over Arsenal, uh, there was a lot of mistakes defensively. Where if it wasn't for Jordan Pickford, net, it it could have been, it could have been very difficult um, sport to have swallowed for Shandichi on his first game at the home. Um I do think, however, for Liverpool, the frustrations has finally started to boil over to the point where it's discipline over over stamina and performance over anything else. Uh, I, I do think this is a perfect opportunity to win it at home with the home crowd behind them, making all sorts of noise. So I'm going to go with a three-to-one victory for Liverpool this time.
1: Okay.
0: Let's go with possibly a match of the week, um, if not the match of the week. Artists. It's Arsenal taking on Manchester City. What are your thoughts there?
1: Arsenal just pulls away with it. The City needs to win bad. Arsenal's not going to allow it to happen. We're going to Arsenal 2-0.
0: Okay. I agree with much on what you said. I think Arsenal is in a much, 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 much better form than what Manchester City is on. Um, I think for Manchester City, the struggle of having to deal with Villa right beforehand is going to catch up to them. <laughs> So along with a two two to one victory for for Arsenal as well. All right, that does it for the Premier League slate of things. Um, we might be recording late next week as both of us have significant others that we got to report to um, for Valentine's Day. So uh, news to me. So we'll be with our loved ones. What do you mean, news to you? What about you. Oh, don't worry about me. Um, I am if... now. I thought you were celebrating solo. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> um, let's go over to the Champions League. Um, Who's Champions League... focus Champions I League now. Poker... Stop it. Champions League poking his head out finally with some much needed European action here. PSG, which by the way, eliminated from the Coupe de France. Um run of sixteen. Pretty embarrassing for PSG. Um, uh, they will be taking on Bayern next week. What are you train of thought there? Is it Brittany? Are you going on with Brittany? Because now yes.
1: my, I knew it, that's why she's on the show.
0: Okay. Um is that PSG? It is at PSG, yes. It's a part of uh
1: I think it's going to end up in a draw. I think both teams are in good form, I think. But they're also not as good as they've been in years past. And I think Bayern more so needs to draw here than anything. If they can get a win, great. But I think, realistically, it's going to be a 1-1 draw.
0: A 1-1 draw, okay. I like it. That's not bad at all. Um, Hang on, I'm looking at at something – Real quick, in this statistic. Stop looking at Brittany, bro. Come on, focus. Well, Brittany got hairy real fast. Ooh, handsome. <laughs> uh, I was I was just looking online for that for that post, and there it is. I, I just had to Google that. So PSG are eliminated, like I said, from the Coupe de France uh, tournament by Marseille in the round of 16. It's the only trophy Messi has competed for in his career that he has not won as well. That is going to be a psychological impact for PSG, uh, especially considering that they just lost against their major rival in the in the tournament. Um, on the other hand, you've got a Bayern Munich side that's kind of rekindled itself, and it's got some uh, youth back to it. With signing of Joao Cancelo happening uh, over a loan deal, I think for Bayern Munich, it's it's actually a perfect opportunity here at this point. I don't think this is much of a blowout victory for Bayern either, considering that they they, they still need some some more help up front, uh, striker wise. However, I don't see PSG winning this one either. I'm going two to one victory for Bayern. Okay. What was your what was your scoreboard again for this game? One one draw. One one draw. That's right. Yeah. All right. Let's go over to AC Milan taking on Tottenham. What are you thinking? With Hugo Lloris being out, this is it's it's AC Milan, hands down. I agree. Yeah.
1: Tottenham's only as good as their goaltending, Harry Kane, Human Song, and company in front. Great. But if they don't have a solid goaltender, they're in they're in trouble. AC Milan
0: 2-0. Yeah, I'm I'm actually being kind of reservative to Tottenham at this point. I'm going with a one-nothing Milan victory as well. I just think Milan is a much better team than Tottenham at this time. Um, I also see how how well just G- Olivier uh, Giroud is performing for AC Milan. And I think that goes a long way uh, for Tottenham. There's just not nothing that sticks out to me All the Harry Kane continuing to do his job. Uh, Club Brugge taking on Benfica. What are we thinking?
1: Our Club Brugge. Benfica's tough. I don't know. I'm
0: gonna go. I'm gonna go again. One-one draw. One-one draw. Okay. I'm going with Benfica on this side of things. I do think Club Brugge will be a difficult side to play, especially at home. However, it is Benfica. Um, I, I gotta give them a lot of credit. This is they are the Ajax of Portugal. Their farm system continues to thrive, and yeah. this is a perfect opportunity to keep showcasing that two nothing Benfica. Um, let's go over to Germany, where Dortmund will be taking on Chelsea. What are we looking at here?
1: If you asked me three months ago, I would have told you something completely different. I think Borussia Dortmund's going to roll. I'm going Dortmund
0: 3-0. I agree with you. I think that Dortmund is the much better team at this time and point for... For this matchup right now, uh, I don't think Grand Potter has the strategy to be able to defeat Dortmund at home, especially with new signings, new chemistry happening. Um, I just don't think they have they have what it takes yet. I'm going two to one Dortmund. All right, so. Now it's my time to choose a topic. We just did, the, just did the predictions. Shout out to Jones. This is one of our favorite segments. A lot of predictions happen in the, this show. Um, now let's get to the meat and bones and potatoes of all of this whole entire episode. Manchester City currently in massive, massive turmoil. Where Honestly, the consequences could be severe for, for a team that's been on the up and up and up for the past 10 years. Um, Jones and I were talking about it uh, earlier this week as I was traveling to South Carolina. Jones was here just catching up to the World of Soccer on a Monday morning, uh, just watching all the news. And the league looking to have Mitch City either face point deductions by more than, than half or deal with a league expul- expulsion or potentially relegation um due to um, due to fifa fair um what, what do they call it fair spending something like that fair fair play fair, yeah financial fair play there you go fifa financial fair play uh, lots happening on that on that side of things a, a huge investigation being launched right now Seems like Manchester City has um, has not really been all that helpful with the league either. Four years ago, they were asked to be investigated, and they did not allow the investigation go through. Uh, there, there, there. Just seems like a lot is going on here. What are your What are your initial train of thoughts after having watched that 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 piece of news drop out of nowhere on a, on a Monday morning? Um, what do you what do you see realistically happening here as consequences for Manchester City?
1: So they have to be able to prove it, but one of the big things is, and this is what happened when it came to the European competitions. Um they can't take it to a court to um overturn. Well, you can't take
0: Well, you can't take it to the same court that you know that that did the first ruling. That's right. that's just to begin with. That that so, you gotta have fair, you gotta you gotta have financial uh, not, not just only financial fair play, but you also have traditional fair play as well. So that, that's a, that's a first.
1: Right. So basically what's going to happen is two things. One, they need to figure out whether or not they lied about how much money that they actually made in order to be able to expend for a 10 year period. Um, it shows a lot of uncertainties for these past, some of these past titles. I believe three, maybe four out of their titles. I know they won last year, they won the year before that. I think it was two of peps. And then two of the other ones. So I think it was four titles in whole in whole that potentially could they could lose out on which is absolutely crazy to think about i mean looking at what this this club has done since you know the middle part of the 2010s has been remarkable i mean they haven't finished no high no lower than second since 2016 2017 they won four four out of the last six titles no i'm sorry four out of the last yeah four out of the last six City is just, I mean, if we look at what this Manchester City team, right, you know, you got Aguero who's been absolutely good. How many of these guys actually came on as part of their financial, I shouldn't even say mishaps, Their, their inability to provide proper financial statements of how much money they made like, Manuel Pe- Pellegrini is losing a lot of credibility here.
0: Well, not just Manuel Pellegrini, but then you also got to look at um, Roberto Mancini. You got oh, to look at Pep Guardiola as well. I mean, all the oh, credibility he that. had.
1: But yeah, Pellegrini is one of those. Like, Lucas Leiva <laughs> tweeted out the other day, am I finally a Premier League champion? Because if you think about it, right, if you take away those four titles... United gets two more. Liverpool gets two more. Yeah. So they'd be sitting at 22 and 21 for league titles. That was the case. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's sad to see because if this is proven true and they get a relegation penalty or there could be issues where, you know, City has to sell the club. it could be issues where some of these lifelong City players such as Kevin De Bruyne – um, gee, Edison, yeah, Edison, yeah, Lundagon, Edison. Yep. um, Bernardo Silva, Red Ma- Mares. like, if Kyle any of those guys,
0: yeah,
1: those guys, man, they could easily just be like, I'm not doing this, and then we can have a different local Man City team come next year. So, there's a lot, there's a lot that's going to go into this, but it's going to be curious to see how one they handle it, two, how they play because of it and three, what the outcome is from this um, controversy.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you brought up a good point right here on on number one, how they handle the whole situation. And already right off the bat, they they just handle it wrong. Um, When a team is involved in something as serious and as costly as allegations of financial fair play not happening, um, most teams tend to be very submissive and friendly to the extent of saying we'll cooperate with the league and in whatever investigations they need to do, we'll, we'll be upfront and honest. We'll provide whatever, it, you know, evidence we need to do. But, you know, four years ago, this was brought forward to them. They, they were questioned for financial fair play because of all the transfer means that transferings that they had made. Um, it was brought to question. They did not cooperate. In fact, they they went to a court and, and had it be appealed. Um, and then immediately afterwards, And this year, as soon as the league issues their findings, uh, Manchester City, instead of saying, you know, we'll we'll cooperate, their initial surprise, and and in their statement, I quote, uh, Manchester City Football Club is surprised by the issuing of these alleged breaches of the Premier League rules, particularly given the extensive engagement and vast amount of detailed materials that the EPL has been provided with. The club welcomes the review of this matter by an independent commission, to impartially consider the comprehensive body of irrefutable evidence that exists in support of its position. As such, we look forward to this matter being put to rest once and for all. It's almost very confrontational. Um, I understand that they could be surprised. And, you know, your internal feeling is like, you know, the the what the hell are they talking about? But when you're a club that has been winning for the past 10 years, Title after title after title. An allegation like this should be the last thing that surprises you. But what surprises you is, you know, your your man your your most successful manager, leaving out of the group without without a sign of, hey, I want to leave, or one of your players being like, I'm done with this club. I'm not showing up to practices anymore. Basically, like what uh, Pierre Boumang started doing at Arsenal. Uh, even though that was not surprising. That was just a behavior that was going to start happening with Mikel Arteta there. He was no nonsense guy. Um, it, it's just it, – it. it's very – I don't even know what the word is to, to have describe what's going on here with Manchester City, but it is cumbersome to deal with, especially with a manager – who in previous interviews has said that if the club was not going to be up forward and honest with him upon findings that he was going to up and leave the next day, Uh, he doesn't like being lied to. So if this is one of those situations, I mean, much to your point, like, yeah, you have a lot of seasoned veterans in the club, but then you also have a manager that's been the reason why your your club has managed to be well gelled together. Uh, You know, when you mentioned Manuel Pellegrini and Roberto Mancini, a lot of these players were still there. You know, Kevin De Bruyne was was pretty young. Kyle Walker was in, in, in the academy developing, Ederson was developing as well. Um, you know, so y- you look at, at the foundation of who Manchester City is today, and you really, really worry. Um I don't know if you know, the Saudi Arabia ownership or the Qatari ownership, whatever, whatever Middle Eastern ownership that this club has, I don't know if they'll be looking to sell. Um Considering the investment has paid for itself, I think they would be looking at having more independent owners uh, invest in the club. Considering that if they are to be arrested, then who's dealing with the rest of the financials for the club, right? Uh, right. But yeah, this is this is very difficult. I think I think it for me personally, I see it going one or two ways. I think Manchester City will be faced with a huge point deduction so no matter if they have 50 70 80 points at the end of the season um they're still going to be by middle of the table maybe bottom of the table where they just automatically relegate or i think that we see pep Guardiola just being like i've had enough of this 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 is tainting my my reputation i'm leaving what do you what do you personally see it happening
1: I see point deduction, and I see them missing out on Champions League next
0: year. I think that's automatic. Whether they well, they get more points, even by the point deduction, I think automatically, just mathematically, it won't matter. Uh, they, they'll probably be Europa League bound at best. No Champions League for sure. Um, all right, so let's move over to another club that's in a little bit of turmoil right now. Um, they had a decent January transfer window, adding Weston McKinney to their to the lineup. Weston already contributing to the team, being a good addition, kind of being the Calvin Phillips that they've been missing, uh, which I mentioned in a couple episodes ago. Uh, now Jesse Marsh gone, sacked. Uh, this was the guy that they turned to immediately after Marcel Bielsa was, uh, you know, removed off his duties. They put all their eggs in one basket on Jesse Marsh. It has not worked out at all. Um, we saw Chris Armas and a couple others today taking care of the of, of the team, but not a lot. Not a lot to say. Like, oh wow, like maybe maybe it was just his style of management. Uh, I think there's a lot going on with that team right now. No. What do you What do you personally see? They. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. We'll deal with it. We'll deal with this piece of news the same way as we dealt with the Everton news. Give me five names that come to mind as the possible replacements for Leeds United. Uh, as a, well, as a manager, of course.
1: The first thing I want to say is I want it on the record here that Jesse Mars should have absolutely zero percent of anything that that has come out of Leeds United. He got brought into, He got brought into a terrible situation. They were banged up. They were injury-prone. And he helped lead them out of the relegation zone on the last day of last season. Yep. You would forget that.
0: Yeah,
1: And what happened? It was one of their big midfielders, and they went downhill. So none of that has to go on him. Five names that I've seen linked to this team so far. Um, we had Andoni Ariola from Rayo Val- Valcano. That's not likely happening right now. Um, I think – Couple names. Uh Nuno Espiritio Santo. Jesus. Nuno, yeah, Nuno Spirito Santo. Jesus Christ. My brain was like pronouncing it pre- pronouncing it. And I was <laughs> like, this this just bro. I, I I don't know. I must be tired. So he's a name I, I've been seeing. I've been seeing um Ralph Hassenhudel from a South, ha- former South Hampton manager. Um Ruid uh Van Nistelrooy, has been a name. They've been bringing up Pochettino. I don't see it happen. But I really like um, Marcelo Gallardo from River River Plate. Yep. And the current Celtic coach, uh, Poste Coglo, as two two That's potential cool. yep. guys that come in and really can take the reins here for this Leeds United team. Because realistically be speaking, here, I thought if Sean D.J. doesn't go to Everton, I I thought that he was going to end up at, at like Leeds.
0: Okay. Um, I don't I don't mind that at all actually. Um, another one.
1: Um, the uh manager Arnie Slot has been
0: another guy. That's also yeah. That's fun. yeah. I don't see him happening though. Um, for me, I have lot names that come to mind as well um you know i agree with the the calling and the gallardo calling um I, I i i don't see it i know it's just but it's just it's just
1: you
0: well pochettino comes out to the conversation anytime that a new club is looking for a manager no matter know, if, it's just it's just no matter new, if it's new bring it up yeah, but it it don't matter if it's the French league, Spanish league, the German league, or the Italian league, or the Premier League. Pochettino just automatically comes, and I think it's again back to giving him credit. The, the project that he did to turn Tottenham into the sensation that it is today, it's thanks to him. It, it it whether you like it or not, you know whether you like his style of management, it's thanks to him. Yeah, you know he was trusted with a project. It, it was his one of those one big time opportunities that he capitalized on it. He gained himself a reputation for it. Um, however, I don't think that the project is attractive enough for somebody like Pochettino to come in and handle. Um, and the reason being is three things. There is no sincere leadership when it comes to the ownership of this team. Number two, financial backing is questionable at this point due to the minimal signings that they have done and the low-end type of signings that they have projected. And number three, you kind of need a sporting director to be more in touch with what's going on with the Premier League right now. And I don't think that Leeds is yet looking to invest into looking for a new sporting director. So when you bring in a name like um, like Pochettino or... Um, or maybe even Hasenhutl, I don't think the project is attractive enough to either one of those two. Um, but again, we, we could be wrong. Um, I do agree with the Gallardo calling. I think his role in developing River Plate to the mega force that they are right now in the Argentine League um, has a lot to do with why his name is coming more up front and forward to this offering right now for the for the English Premier League, especially with Leeds. Um but there are three other names that have not been mentioned that I'd be kind of curious to see, uh, should they be given the opportunity, how they handle this? One being Domenico Tedesco from RB Salzburg. He's worked before with Chris Armas. You don't have to change your assistant coach at all, which is an opportunity for Leeds to save some serious capital there. Um, Tedesco has been known to, to turn around teams with, with youth, which... Leeds United has that type of youth. Do I think he'd be successful in getting Leeds United back on the you know top 10 type of teams? Probably not. I I think they'll probably be a middle of the table kind of kind of team at that point, should he get appointed? But I um, that's one name that I'm kind of curious as to why it hasn't come up. What? I'm sure, I'm waiting. Hold on. What do you think the next two names are gonna be?
1: I, I'm gonna guess one. Give me, give me your next one. I'll tell you if it's who I was thinking or not.
0: No, go ahead. No, 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 no. no you do no, this. Want... You do this to me every episode. Go ahead.
1: I don't want to ruin it for you. No, no. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. I promise. What's
0: the What's the one name that I'm gonna bring up?
1: According to you, I want. I want. I w- see. This. This right here. This is content.
0: No, no. What is the one name that I'm gonna bring no, up? No, I want. I want to no, see. No, you already. It's... You already dug yourself no, a grave. No, no, you already no, said no, no, that no. you already no, no, know no. the names that I'm gonna bring up. No, I up. no. See,
1: see, see. No, no. What I'm doing is I have a name in my head that somebody that I think that you'll bring up, and I will tell you after you do your next two. If it if it's who I thought it was, yes or no? Okay. Go
0: ahead. One other name that I think makes a lot of sense to have come up here, especially for the type of situation that Leeds United is dealing with, it's Ralph Rennick. You need a guy like him to come in here and fully implement a development strategy for a team like Leeds United. This is exactly what Rennick was thought to be brought over for Manchester United, but Manchester United didn't need him at that time. What Manchester United needed him at that time was for discipline and a house cleaning, which was what Rennick delivered. Rennick never said United will be back to his glory days. Rennick never said, I promise for United to win the league. When Rendnick was appointed, it was a house-cleaning job that he needed to do, and he executed that to perfection. At this point for Leeds United, however, where you need to develop a strategy and a new identity for a team like Leeds United, this is the guy you want to bring in. This is the guy that can teach that locker room, that specific locker room, what a high-pressing game looks like and implement it within months. This is the type of guy that you need to work with, especially already having Chris Armas and his, um, you know, his little cartel there already working. So I I, I think Ralph Rennick would be a phenomenal name there. Um, Another name that kind of jumped out at me as I was doing a little bit of Google research and all that stuff, I do not see it happening simply because I just don't see it happening at all. And it's also a rival. Um, Unfortunately, it's Oli gonna Salkshire. And I don't see it happening. I do not see it happening. Um reason being is two things. The guy has no financial backing. And number two, that's that's a rival team to Manchester United. And if there was one thing that Oli was for was protecting United's identity. That's not your guy. Um there are a couple other two names that could come up. Which is Frank Lampard, Steven Gerrard? Considering that they're both unemployed, well, the and any of the middle of the
1: table, primarily those are the first two names I always see.
0: Should those two names, should those te- two names be hired uh, at this moment for Leeds United? No, you might as well just fucking relegate, just relegate, go back to the drawing board, and let it happen. Um, but do I think that the if it was my top three names as to who should be appointed as the next Leeds United uh, manager? I'd say Rennick is my number one option, Gallardo following after that, and Hassan Hudo as the third one.
1: So you you said the name.
0: I I just I've, don't see it happening. I don't I, see. It I don't
1: either. I just I just had a feeling that that was one of the names that was going to get brought up.
0: I mean, when you think of the Premier League, right, and when you think of what he did for United and the type of mindset that he brought in, when you think of teams like. Bottom-of-the-table teams. So when you look at the bottom of the table right now, um, let's see here. So Leeds is definitely one of those. Leicester City is definitely one of those where Oligon Gunnar Solskjaer could go. Um, Southampton could be another one. And I'll even say, Nottingham Forest could be another one for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Those are small enough projects, but clubs that will be willing to invest on, on, on what his needs are. Leeds United is not that team. Leeds United's not that team to, to be willing to invest. They want a farm system that will continue just bring them revenue without having to spend much. That's what Rennick was specialized on in, in, in at Lipsig. That that's his that's his bread and butter. That's what I see him thriving.
1: Ralph Regnick's definitely one on the left field that if that was the case, I would come on this podcast and say that I I can't compare to any of
0: those. No, it, it, you simply can't. What if you go back and see what Rednik did with Lipsig, that's the reason why Lipsig is who Leipzig is today. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you see them compete more and more and more in Champions League, you see them compete more and more and more for, for Europa League, you see them be very competitive in the in, in the German league. Why not? Yeah. Now, if you lead Leeds United, and you're just hoping to go for for a dream kind of need. Then you know Thomas Tuchel would be the next one, but that's just fucking dreaming. That's delusional dreaming. Yep. Uh, final thoughts.
1: Big, uh, big week this week coming up. Coming
0: up, yeah, huge, huge week here with a lot of repercussions happening. Um. Uh, Stay tuned to our to our Twitter page. Stay tuned to our, our TikTok page. We'll be dropping this episode within the next 24 hours. We're recording today on Wednesday, February 8th. It's about 8 15 here in the, uh, in the Boston area. Uh, with that said, again, stay tuned to our socials. Make sure that you stay in tune with us on, on Twitter. We'll be updating you um regarding either situation, which is Minch City or Leeds United. Uh, We'll be bringing you all the action in Champions League. And uh, since we will not be seeing you next week until later on, to all those listening and uh, with significant others, happy Valentine's Day. To those single ones out there, happy Valentine's Day. And um,
1: nope.
0: with that- all our single friends, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, that too. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, with that said, episode 15 wraps up here. Chris Jones. Diego DJ, signing off. Thank you all so much. Until next week, it's been real. See you all later.